This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan. Welcome back to another podcast episode. I am happy to be with you today to have this particular conversation. So this is part three of our three-part series on getting the inside scoop inside the marriage upgrade. And so I am recording this episode on the heels of completing the virtual retreat. And I want to share with you an exact conversation that we had because it was so profound, it was so honest and vulnerable, and it was so powerful. And I just want you all to know about it. So that is what we're going to be diving into today is really giving you a peek into the kind of conversations we have, the kind of questions that my incredibly thoughtful and motivated clients have that really just elevate the way we even coach inside of the program. So I want to let you know the virtual retreat is structured just like the in-person retreat. So we have two parts of each day. We have a four-hour segment in the morning, a two-hour break, and then a four-hour segment in the afternoon. And that's give or take. It really depends on the size of the group, how many questions people are asking, and how quickly we get through the activities. But this particular virtual retreat was an intimate group, and we had such great connection. Many of them were returning um, clients from the first cohort. They, <laughs> they were like, we're not repeats. They were like really adamant that they are like master's level students now, that like the first round was like college, getting a bachelor's degree, and they are headed for like super mastery, PhD level work, um, and really found it just an incredibly helpful experience for them that they could not not be a part of it again. So that's important to know. And then also what I'll share is that it's not all like teaching and right? Everything is still very engaging, very interactive. And one of the things that we do that's really the highlight, and I would say probably the hallmark of the virtual retreat, is we have a virtual magic show. So I have found the most incredible virtual magician or mentalist I don't really know what he is. It's like just insane what he is able to do through Zoom. Like literally everyone's mouth was on the floor. People were like falling out of their chairs at what he is able to do. And it is a very interactive show. So if you think of like the typical magic show, it's like you have the magician 
on the stage and you're in the audience just like watching what's happening. That is not how this works at all. It is super engaging, super just like, how in the world did he know that? How did he figure that out? And like, I'm speechless. People were speechless. It is just an incredible experience. And so what I love about that virtual magic show is it's the way that I connect the two groups. So if you come to the in-person retreat and you're not on the virtual retreat, right? And you come to the virtual retreat, but you're not on the in-person retreat, you don't know those people. You don't have a connection with them yet. And so the way that I like to bridge those two groups is by having this virtual happy hour, which is what it is. And so the first part is us doing a connecting activity to just get to know each other. And then we just have fun together being massively entertained by our virtual magician. His name is Harrison Kramer. I cannot recommend him enough if you have any need for a virtual magic show. All right. So aside from that, right, that's just the structure and what things look like. I really want to take you deeply inside an actual conversation that we started during the retreat. And I'll bring you up to speed on that conversation, the specific question that my client asked. And then we're actually going to take it a bit deeper here on this podcast, because I recognize that my clients are like my avid podcast listeners. And so I want this to be a resource for them, but also for you as a listener I want you to hear the level of conversations that we're having, because if you're following along and if this really makes sense and if it really resonates for you, then being a part of the marriage upgrade is going to feel like home. It's not going to be a big leap for you. It is going to be like an elevation of your thinking, but you're not going to be like a fish out of water, not knowing what's happening, what we're talking about and how this all works. So... What I want to offer in terms of this conversation is it was in a section of the retreat where we talk about the skill of self-awareness. And if you remember, I recently did an episode on self-awareness, which you can find. I wish I had taken a few extra minutes before I hit record to actually find the episode, but I will link to it in the show notes. Um, But basically you know, the question is around this, you know, gap between when it feels like self-awareness isn't enough to support you in taking the loving, healthy actions to make your marriage better. So a quick recap of what self-awareness is, there are two prongs that I use to define self-awareness. And it's really one, you understanding what is going on with you, why you're triggered, why you're responding the way you're responding, why you're upset about the things you're upset about. And the other side of it is you being conscious of and aware of your impact on your partner, what you say, what you do, because you are an interdependent unit 
it impacts them. And so the other part of self-awareness is being able to say, when I do these things or when I show up in this way in my relationship, this is the impact that it has on my partner. And I want to be aware of that because at the end of the day, this is still someone that I love and I want to treat them the way that I would want to be treated and certainly the way that they deserve to be treated, okay? So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about self-awareness. So the question was, what if that's not enough? What if I'm massively aware of exactly why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling? I'm 100% clear on why I'm having the reaction that I'm having, yet I'm still falling into the negative traps, the negative behaviors that keep us stuck as a couple, right? So let me dive in a little bit more specifically to what that might look like for you, right? So having self-awareness is essentially just being able to connect the dots. And I'm going to give you a few examples of what that has looked like for a lot of the clients inside of the program. One is having self-awareness And knowing that you are resentful of your husband because of the unresolved issues with your father, right? So you're clearly able to connect the dots that like, oh, this thing that my husband does or the way he is reminds me of my dad and I didn't have the best relationship with him or this particular aspect of my father was really challenging for me. So that's one connecting the dots example. Another one is you might know that you're super defensive because you grew up in a very critical home, right? Your parents were always on you about what you were doing wrong. They didn't offer you a lot of praise. And so you felt inadequate and shamed a lot of the time. And so now in your marriage, whenever your partner you know, says anything that is like disapproving of you, you are super defensive and it's really hard for you to handle it, right? That's another connecting the dots example. Another one that happens a lot inside the program is you might know that you're hypersensitive to rejection because you often felt left out as a kid. Maybe you came from a blended family. Maybe your friendship group really didn't accept you. Maybe you just had some little quirks and idiosyncrasies that made you feel like you didn't belong. And so in your marriage, if there's any hint of this from your spouse, you become hypersensitive to rejection and you know that it stems from these childhood experiences. Again, that is what it looks like to connect the dots and to have massive self-awareness. Or here's the last one that I'll give you as an example. You know that you look for external validation because you never felt good enough growing up. So actually, one of the clients posted this in our Facebook group, like, I know that when I'm arguing with my husband is because I'm wanting him to agree with me. I'm wanting him to validate my experience because as a child, I didn't feel validated. I felt invalidated a lot of the times with how I felt or what I thought or what I needed. And so she's connected the dots, right? (laughs) But that still doesn't keep her from engaging in the argument, right? So the self-awareness piece helps you to separate what's happening in the moment with your spouse from the historical snowball of things that make this a massive trigger for you. 
That's sort of the foundation of this conversation, right? And now we're going to dive into it because the question that my brilliant client asked is like, what do you do when self-awareness isn't enough? When you know why you're upset, you know it's not really 100% because of what your partner is doing, but you still do the things that don't advance and improve your relationship, right? And so why this happens, I want you to hear me, (laughs) right? Why this happens, why self-awareness is not enough in those trigger moments is because we are in an altered state of ourselves, meaning our adaptive child or our wounded inner child is the one running the show, right? And so inside the program, we have an entire workshop on your inner child and how your inner child is just like screaming and taking action to try to protect you. And these are coping mechanisms that just create disconnection or create conflict and really cause you to struggle in having a great relationship, right? But for what we are talking about here, I want to categorize the way that our inner child shows up into just two simple categories. Either that inner child part of us is going to be lashing out or they are going to be shutting down. This is essentially the fight or flight response that I'm sure you have heard of, right? So when you fight, you're aggressing, you're lashing out, you're blaming, you're shaming, you're complaining, you're criticizing. And when you're in the flight response, you are disengaging, you are shutting down, you are withdrawing, you are stonewalling, okay? And so we fall into one of these two categories when our little girl inside and our little boy inside is leading the show because it feels self-protective. It appears to be the thing we need to do to protect ourselves from the danger that is our spouse. Because in that moment, your spouse is a threat to your emotional safety and your emotional well-being. And so the way that that little child inside of you wants to react is either by hurting them, your spouse, with your words, or by shutting down and running away, not engaging in the conversation, not available for any you know, talk, and you go into your shell, okay? So it's really important to one, just have compassion for all of that. Like there's no need to judge it. There's no need to shame it. There's no need to even like rush to fix it, right? Because all that's happening is when you're in this fight or flight response, the rational part of your brain isn't loud enough to stop you. And it's not loud enough to stop you only because you haven't yet mastered the skills, you haven't yet acquired the tools, and you haven't yet practiced it enough. That's it. There is a simple solution to this happening for you. 
And I like to use the analogy of you building your muscle, right? You building your muscle to have the self-awareness and catch yourself before you lash out or you withdraw, okay? And what my client was describing was like, she knows what's happening. She knows she's lashing out, (laughs) right? It's not that she's not aware. She knows why. She knows what she's feeling, but it feels like I have to do this. Like, I can't not lash out in this way. I can't let him get away with whatever he's doing that she believes is wrong. I have to let him know, and I have to let him know this way, right? So I want to talk about how we all can build this muscle to pump the brakes and to pause on those moments, okay? So there are five strategies that I want to offer you. And as you listen to each of them, just pick where you want to start because they will all work if you work them, okay? So the first strategy that I want to offer you is to start with small situations. So practicing the skill of pausing yourself and catching yourself in the moment is not something you do with your biggest trigger. If you have a massive fear of abandonment and your partner is like disengaged and it smells like they're abandoning you, that may not be where you want to start in building this muscle. That's like going into the gym and trying to do a 400 bench press. Is that even a thing? I don't know. I don't lift weights like that, so I don't know. But you get what I'm saying. Like the goal is not to stretch yourself so far that like you literally break. You want to start small. Maybe it's with like a daily annoyance, right? The toilet paper not being put, the thing not being put back where it belongs, or the thing you like in a certain place being moved from where it is, right? Maybe it's, you know, the house being a little bit disorganized, whatever. I want you to think about how can I start small with this? What is something that like I get like a little bit antsy about or anxious about or frustrated about that I could use these tools and these skills to just start practicing calming myself down before I either lash out or withdraw. Okay, so start small. Number two is to really acknowledge and praise yourself when you are successful in breaking your pattern. I'm thinking of one of the couples that came to the in-person retreat, and they had what we call in the program a disconnection dance, where they had a thing. They had a moment where they were not aligned, where their communication was off, and they had a breakdown. And what was so amazing was that their ability to recover was much quicker, and the husband in particular was able to say, like, a few months ago, this would not have gone this way. This is how I would have responded differently. And so I wanted to give him a standing ovation because anytime you break a pattern that you know is not healthy for your relationship, that is worth celebrating. I want you to celebrate it and praise yourself and acknowledge yourself as if you had won $50 million because celebration cements neuropathways. When you get that dopamine hit inside your brain, it is literally like conditioning yourself 
to replicate that behavior again. If any of you are familiar with psychology, you know that Pavlov's experiment where they have the dog and they like give it a treat and like that treat triggers the dopamine and that dog just wants to keep replicating that behavior over and over and over again. Same here. So anytime you're doing something that is just even a little bit better than how you would have done it before, you want to praise yourself, reward yourself, get that dopamine hit as if you had won $50 million. Number three is you want to recover quickly. In the program, I don't teach that we need to be perfect. You are going to make mistakes, and especially in those really big triggering situations. And so what you want to do is once you've calmed yourself down, once you're out of fight or flight, you want to recover quickly. And what I find happens is in these situations where you are triggered and you do the thing that you know is not the right thing to be doing to help your relationship, a lot of times it's mostly you're lashing out, right? Lashing out is more reactive, right? And so What happens though, why we're sort of addicted to lashing out sometimes is that provides that immediate dopamine hit, right? We feel relief because we've gotten it out of ourselves and we've now spewed it on our partner and now they're carrying it, right? And so what happens is we get this false sense of relief and in that false sense of relief, you're actually calmer now. You're like, whew, cut that off my chest. Now I can move on. And so when you find yourself feeling that relief, being able to get more into the wise adult, that more grounded state in your brain, then that's when you want to quickly recover, apologize, acknowledge your role in the breakdown, take responsibility for what you could have done differently. Okay, so that's number three. Number four is I want you to start practicing preventative self-soothing. So I have another podcast episode on the concept of self-soothing. I believe it's episode 28 because this is one that I refer to a lot. I will also link to it in the show notes. But what I want you to know that self-soothing is just you being able to tell yourself and to comfort yourself in the way that you know you need. A lot of times we are unhappy or disappointed in our marriage because our partner doesn't soothe us the way we want them to. They're not demonstrating as much empathy as we would like, or they're not saying the exact words we need to hear. You know what you need to hear. So when you're upset or when you're frustrated or when you're triggered in any way, practicing self-soothing of telling yourself what you need, giving yourself that verbal affirmation, giving yourself that love and that kindness and that understanding and that compassion really helps a lot. And what I'm talking about here is preventative self-soothing, meaning that is a dial that is turned on all of the time. You do it all of the time, whether you are triggered or not. And when you have sort of like this reserve, right? And you're doing it all the time, this practice of self-soothing, you have more in your bucket to draw upon so that in those deeply triggering moments, you are not thrown off as much, right? So for example, for me, I am a words of affirmation person. And so one of my practices that I do regularly is I just 
affirm and praise and appreciate myself. I'll close the end of a day and I'll just think about all the things that I did great, all the things that I'm proud of, how amazing I am as a mother, how amazing I am as a coach, how hard I'm working to be the best wife and partner that I can be. And so when I do that consistently, even when I slip up or have a bad day or have a moment where I'm not showing up as my best, it impacts me less because I have a ready reserve. So if you've started the practice of self-soothing when you're triggered, I want you to keep it up and turn up that dial even when you're not, okay? That will carry you through some of these other moments. And then the last thing that I want to offer you as a strategy is to just constantly remind yourself of your goal and what you are working towards. If you don't have your marriage vision taped somewhere or in a phone somewhere or on a post-it note somewhere, I highly recommend you do that now right? So if you're in the program, you know exactly what I'm talking about in terms of a marriage vision. And if you're not, what I want you to know is a marriage vision is just what you want for your marriage, who you want to be as a couple, how you want to be operating in this relationship. And so when you can keep that goal, you can keep that vision top of mind in front of you all the time, It helps you more easily evaluate and it helps you more easily be motivated to do the things that are going to get you closer. And this is something you should be revisiting as often as you can. I am working towards this. This is the person I am becoming. This is what I'm wanting in this relationship. And the more and more that is the audio tape running in your head, Even when your little adaptive child and your wounded inner child is screaming at you, no, let's yell at them. That wise adult is stronger. That more rational part of your brain is a bit louder and it can run the show. All right. So that's what I have for you today. That is what it is like to be thinking about your marriage at this level. And if this really resonated with you, if you really had a ton of ahas and just like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful, this is so valuable, then I want to just let you know the marriage upgrade is 100% the right place for you to take all this and really master it. And for those of you already inside the program, I can't wait to hear what you think of this particular podcast episode and how it's helped you. All right, that is it for now. If you would like to learn more about joining the Marriage Upgrade, the dates and all the details for the next cohort, which is going to be fall 2023, will be released soon. So stay glued to this podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Siobhan Parat or go to my website, drshavon.com. That's D-R-C-H-A-V as in Victor, O-N-N-E.com. And you will find everything that you need. That's it for today. I'll be back with you next week. Bye for now. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. That's B-I-T 
dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.